Tidak Faham, everyone. That is Malay for I don't understand something that one Sebastian Vettel, I feel like, was uh, asking himself after this race. But we will get to that. Welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars, Formula One cars specifically. I am Drew Scanlon. I'm rolling solo in the cockpit today. Uh, Danny O'Dwyer and Dave Lang uh, have other commitments uh, Danny, especially because he is <laughs> moving across an entire nation to the great state of uh, Maryland. But uh, don't worry, we can we have the internet technology to uh, to keep this podcast a rolling, and we will we will do so uh, over the internet airwaves. Uh, but we are not talking about the internet; we're talking about race cars. This <laughs> this episode of this podcast, uh, specifically the Malaysian Grand Prix, which was last weekend. We've also got uh, the Japanese Grand Prix coming up uh, this weekend, so uh, I'll be going going over that as well. But uh, let's just jump into the Malaysian weekend, shall we? There was actually uh, a lot to cover, so um, I'm going to get right to it. There was a scary crash from Roman Grosjean in uh, Free Practice Two. After he hit a drain that was not welded down uh, properly, and he's he's going through this turn uh, that's a really uh, it's a fast right hander, and his tire clips the drain and it just pops immediately, and he skids off the track uh, through some gravel and actually into a wall. Um, really fast, really scary, uh, but thankfully Roman Grosjean was okay. Uh, but. <laughs> team principal of Haas, Gunther Steiner, uh, was not very happy with the Sipang circuit uh, about the incident. This is from motorsport.com. Speaking about the incident, Steiner said, quote, it was completely out of our hands. I cannot say, uh, oh, now we get, let's say, three quarters of a million dollars uh, because somebody forgot to weld something in. It's all good. We pay to come here. We pay a fee to come here. Everybody has to pay. We discussed it, and they were very professional about it, they being uh, the Zipang circuit. They have insurance, so let's see what we can do. So basically, Haas is looking for uh, some compensation from Zipang uh, because it was absolutely not any of the Formula One team or driver's fault. Uh, also from the article, circuit officials are discussing the situation internally, and further talks with Haas are expected to take place this week ahead of the Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, the stewards also agreed that Haas was not at any level to blame for this, and they were allowed to actually break the, the curfew that Formula One has in place for teams um, uh, at certain points in the weekend that they can't work on cars after that time. Uh, Haas was allowed to break the curfew to fix it. But <laughs> another weird thing that happened as a result of this weird incident was that the the Formula 4 support race that was racing that weekend as well had to adjust their schedule and race two races back-to-back um, with like a very short period uh, between them. And, and apparently... Uh, someone messed up the fuel calculations and every single car failed to finish in this formula four race uh, which is someone has <laughs> really really shaking their head at that one uh, let's see here moving on to qualifying uh so, so at the end of free practice three uh sebastian Vettel was having some problems 
Um, so they replaced the power unit uh, in the two-hour span between free practice three and qualifying. Um, but uh, those problems or problems with the new one persisted, and Vettel was unable to set a qualifying time. He did like one lap, reported something wrong with his turbo or something, and they actually played a replay where uh, he was going along, and then the engine started making a different noise, which is never a good thing. Uh, he did not set a time and will be starting from the back of the field uh, for the race. Uh, speaking of the race and Ferrari and problems, uh, Raikkonen qualified in second place. Uh, they were Ferrari actually was looking really, really good on the weekend, but Hamilton did what Hamilton do uh, and got pole position. And Raikkonen... Uh, was going to start from second, except that he was rolled off the grid after one siding lap uh, into the pit lane, and then they put his car up on blocks in the garage. No way he's going to start. I don't know if it was a similar engine problem. I don't know if they've said yet, Uh, but Kimi Raikkonen, um, not happy about it, but, you know, he says uh, after the race, quote, uh, I'm sure we'll find out later what went wrong but obviously it's too early to say uh, it's nothing that they the team did wrong the work uh, the car was working perfectly yesterday and all weekend and suddenly out of nowhere we had some issue today i'm not blaming anybody it's one of those things um that unfortunately happens so um you know it happens it sucks that it happens seems to happen to ferrari all of the time in this in these last few races but uh yeah they've got quite a string of bad luck but maybe vettel can pull something out of his hat from the back of the field. Okay, uh, there was rain prior to the start of the race, but the track was relatively dry by the uh, the time things kicked off. But there were some forecasts st- saying that uh, weather was going to roll in in 30 minutes after the race start. So question marks. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny. When Beto was rolling up to, to his grid spot or uh, maybe starting his, his uh, siding lap or something. Um, and he, he told his team, quote, uh, no need to tell me when the last car is on the grid because he is the last car, which I, I guess I you kind of forget uh, that, you know, these guys are when they line up on the grid, they're looking forward at the lights. Right. And so someone in their ear has to tell them, um, all right, the last car on the grid has now lined up. We're probably going to get ready to start. But since Vettel was the last car, no one needed to tell him that, which is a situation he probably does not find himself in very often. But I don't know. I always love it when this happens, when uh, somebody in a fast car starts from behind and, and has to work their way through the field. I think it 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 really shows uh, what these what these guys can do. So here's the grid. Hamilton, Hamilton as I mentioned, uh, on pole. Uh, Rakunin in second, but he was wheeled off. So there's a blank spot next to Hamilton. Behind Hamilton, though, is Max Verstappen in third place, followed by Ricardo. Botas down in fifth. Again, Mercedes wasn't doing very well um, up until Hamilton got pole position. So uh, Botas uh, just continuing that not great trend. Uh, Ocon in sixth. Fandorn in seventh. Way to go, Vanny. Uh, Hulkenberg in eighth. Uh, Perez in ninth. And Alonso. Hey, look, two McLarens in the top ten. Starting, at least. Uh, we shall see how it ends. Massa in 11th. Palmer, 12th. Stroll, 13th. Signs, 14th. Pierre Gasly, filling in for Danny... Well, not filling in. Uh, <laughs> replacing Danny Kafiat for this weekend. And I think the next one. And I don't know that we know how long. Maybe the end of the season. Um, 
I think one thing we forgot to mention when we mentioned this last week was that um, Signs is moving on from uh, Red Bull Racing. So it could be very well be that uh, Danica Fiat and Pierre Gasly are the drivers for Toro Rosso next year uh, with Signs going to Renault. So this doesn't mean necessarily bad things for Kafiat, but he is uh, the one sitting on the sidelines today with Pierre Gasly starting 15th. Behind him is Roman Grosjean. Kevin Maddoxon in 17th, uh, followed by Verline, Erickson, and Sebastian Vettel. Uh, interestingly, Sebastian and the other two Sauers ahead of him are starting on the soft tire, while everyone else is starting on the super soft. So, let's take it to the start. Great start from Botas uh, in fifth place, who lined up, um, let's see, behind, he'd be, yeah, third place, or third car in the stack of Hamilton, Verstappen, Botas. So he sweeps to the outside of turn one uh, and is past Ricardo at that point and going for Verstappen. So the outside of turn one, which is a right-hander, becomes the inside of turn two, which is a left-hander. But Verstappen, who's now on the outside uh, of turn two, gets a better drive and manages to keep the position on the inside of the next turn, which is to the right. Uh, Botas does keep it over Ricardo, though, so good start from him. Uh, There's some contact with Ocon and Massa, at turn two, after the Force Indias crowded each other uh, at, uh, <laughs> at, the, at the turn, got to believe top priority was to not hit your teammate yet again. So um, uh, Ocon kind of dodged away from uh, Perez and into Massa, but complained about it over the radio. Um, and that allows Van Dorn to uh, get into fifth place, which was great, um, immediately from seventh so way to go van dorn uh up at the front though verstappen is having to do some defending from botas which was uh i don't know fun to see verstappen defend at, at any point uh let's see lap one still holkenberg uh goes off at turn 15 which is that final hairpin uh before going on to the uh the start finish straight and kicks some mud onto the track and which uh, max gets warned about uh, that's bad news for Hulkenberg because uh, he loses a lot of places and actually comes out the, the big loser uh, after the first lap. Uh, it's Hamilton on top, followed by Verstappen, uh, Botas, Ricardo, Van Dorn uh, up two spots in fifth place. Perez up three in sixth place. Uh, Ocon, Stroll up five places. Massa up two. Magnussen in tenth place up seven places. Uh, Alonso in 11th, who lost a spot. But the big winner here, Sebastian Vettel, up eight places from 20th to 12th. Uh, Hulkenberg, as I mentioned, lost five spots. He's now in 13th. Palmer behind him, Signs, Gasly, uh, Verline, Grosjean. Some, I don't remember what happened to Grosjean, but uh, he was complaining about something over the radio. He's now down two spots in 18th and Ericsson in 19th. And again, Raikkonen out of the race. Um... Lap three, Esteban Ocon pits and goes on to soft tires on the third lap, which is weird. I don't, I don't actually know what happened there. I don't think it was a puncture, but the, maybe just some some crazy strategy. Uh, lap four, Hamilton complaining of D rates, which I actually didn't know this, uh, but the uh, commentators explained, is when the battery isn't quite up to charge. So I, you know these are hybrid engines, and um, I, I'm still kind of unclear on this, but. Uh, they're hybrid engines, and they can use the um, el- their electric motors to boost their uh, overall drive, and they can use that manually. But I think they also, if they're, they can also tune it to 
instead of being like a boost button to kind of um, full time assist the engine. So uh, there's multiple ways to to use it. But anyway, Hamilton's uh, battery was not quite up to charge, uh, resulting in some somewhat slower speeds for the first few laps. The engineer, though, uh, wasn't concerned, saying it'll go away in another lap or so. But guess what? Max Verstappen not waiting another lap to pass Lewis Hamilton on the inside of turn one. He comes over the radio, says, that's how we do it. Uh, I Frankly, this was strange to see. You, I feel like you don't just... Mercedes is out in front, do not just get past, uh, especially on something like lap four, like maybe a, a first turn or something, um, but not like once DRS is open. Uh, but that's uh, that's what happened. Max passed him. Hamilton, uh, after the race, said uh, regarding that that initial pass, uh, in my heart, I would have put a bigger fight on, but then I have to think long-term and not so short, uh, so I didn't make it too difficult for him to get by, and that's difficult for me uh, because I'm a fighter. Uh, but at the end of the day, I needed to bag the points. They were quicker than us, they being Red Bull. So Hamilton didn't really put up much of a fight, uh, but uh, Max earned it. Um, let's see. Lap four, Ricardo also taking it to Botas, uh, behind these, these two, uh, boys up front. Uh, Hamilton does stick with Verstappen pretty, pretty closely. Um, which is, again, just strange for me to see Hamilton in this position, looking to, uh, looking to pass someone who had just passed him. Uh, Vettel is now up to 11th place by lap six and is mired behind Alonso. Uh, who is also being defended uh, ahead of him by uh, Kevin Magnuson in ninth place. So um, Alonso kind of in a, a tricky spot to uh, attack Magnuson but defend from Vettel. Yeah, it's actually a good little battle. That was around lap seven. Um, Verstappen has successfully uh, opened up a 2.5 second lead, um, which is notably greater than DRS range. Uh, by lap eight, so that's impressive. Uh, lap eight, also uh, Perez gets by Van Dorn for fifth place. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice setup by Perez. He actually goes to the outside of turn one, uh, then really nails the turns and gets uh, a good swing momentum advantage on on Van Dorn. So um, it's it's it, I think it's one of those moves that really benefits from the helicopter shots. Uh, lap nine, Ricardo trying the same thing on Botas. Um, as as Perez on Van Dorn, and it turns into a, a really cool battle, actually. Um, although, <laughs> if this was Ocon and Perez, carbon fiber would be flying everywhere. Uh, but these are these are two consummate professionals. Uh, Ricardo tries to gain an advantage in turn one and turn two, uh, but Botas beats him out of turn three. Uh, Ricardo, though, has the momentum and shoots by into the inside of turn four, capturing third place. Uh, the, the onboards video that Formula One put out on their YouTube channel actually has a really good, um, uh, has good footage of this. So if you wanted to see that in detail, you can check that out. I will link it in the show notes at F1.cool. Uh, Sebastian Vettel gets by Alonso finally at turn 10. Um, I'm sorry, for 10th place at turn 15 and gets by Magnuson a lap later into ninth place. Uh, lap 11, Ricardo's engineer. Uh, okay, you took one second out of Hamilton. Good job. He is now 6.5 seconds to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton in second, Ricardo in third. Hamilton also getting some radio engineer messages. Uh, Vettel is 22 seconds behind. Remind, reminder that he could be a threat at the end of the race, which is insane. 
Vettel is 22 seconds behind. He could be a threat. Uh, that's uh, just goes to show, I guess, this this advantage that Ferrari has got over Mercedes on this uh, on this track. Uh, also, lap 12, Hamilton told, "Quote: Target plus five, which apparently means uh, we're going to pit five laps later." So. Uh, the commentators surmised that this might mean that they are changing from a one-stop race, uh, uh, from a two-stop race to a one-stop race, uh, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, you know, I still feel like uh, race strategy is this dark art, this this black box that uh, I don't understand how it works, but a complete change from two-stop to one-stop um, which I think they were also uh, positing that maybe due to the cooler temps um, is just it, it's it's cool to me to know that things as drastic as that are on this like knife edge that they can they can change um, with something as simple as uh, as the as the the weather um, still really hot here, but I, I think the, the, uh, the track was cooler than it had been in the past. Um, so around this time, lap 12, the back half of the field is pitting presumably for two stop strategies, but, uh, Hamilton and, uh, I think a lot of the, uh, top guys, uh, tend to stay out. Uh, Stroll comes in on 14th, right behind Massa, um, or he comes out of the pit right behind Massa, who pitted a lap earlier, and they scrap it out, which was fun to see. Uh, lap 14, Van Dorn pits from sixth, I think, uh, and goes on to soft tires, which was interesting, because um, he started on super soft, so maybe they're doing a super soft, soft, super soft stint. Um, he rejoins the track just as Stroll is passing Massa on the start-finish straight, uh, and Van Dorn somehow weaves his way through them both and ends up ahead. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Vandor ended up in 11th with Stroll and Massa behind in 12th and 13th. Um, kind of a, a fun move. Uh, Verstappen in first place has now opened up a gap to, uh, to Hamilton of seven, uh, seconds behind him, uh, in third place, Ricardo is complaining that the rears are on holiday. So I wonder if Hamilton has, has backed off to con- conserve his tires, uh, maybe to hit that one stop. Uh, Vettel is now in sixth place behind Perez, three seconds behind him. Uh, Verstappen reporting, my left front tire is starting to give up a little bit. This is around lap 19. Um, and yeah, a lot a lot of complaints. Perez, uh, though, I think is the only one who doesn't. He, he actually comes over the radio and says, tires are good, no need to pit early. Uh, Vettel is right behind him, though, and gets by a lap later on lap 21 at turn one for fifth place. Uh, let's see. So Vettel is now close enough that he would be ahead of Ricardo if Ricardo pitted, uh, because Vettel's on that soft tire, remember? So he's got a lot longer life on those tires. So, uh, if, if Ricardo pitted and now came out behind Vettel, he might be mired behind him, which would be bad news for Ricardo. Uh, so lap 24, Vettel, gets to within DRS range of Botas, who's in fourth place. <laughs> 24 laps, and uh, Vettel has made it up to challenge fourth place. Incredible. Uh, Esteban Ocon in ninth place is making dives at Signs. Uh, one lap later, Ocon goes to the outside of Signs at turn one, 
but signs is kind of right in that breaking zone where uh he's at the limit of grip and signs bounces okan and kind of spins him off the track uh to which like the the world feed actually uh found it pretty quickly um and 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 saw okan rejoining the the track and then his engineer apparently sees that on the tv and says uh did signs hit you to which uh okan says yeah for sure well then let us know sorry that's not clear enough yeah you need to get on the radio and let us know (laughs) I, i can't believe this is the stuff that that these guys don't know i maybe it's i i'll bet he knows this at some level but i'm sure it's incredibly embarrassing when you know you could be in the wrong so uh i don't know it this one was weird to me i don't know why there's maybe there's just really really poor communication at uh, force india i mean that would kind of explain their teammates hitting each other a little bit um but yeah strange strange radio messages uh this also speaking of uh youtube clips on formula one's youtube channel the radio for this race is is pretty good uh lap 26 vettel making a move on botas botas doesn't make it easy though and keeps the position for now uh lap 27 is when the leaders start to pit hamilton then verstappen then vettel um uh, Ricardo's engineer comes over the radio at lap 28 and says, Verstappen pitted, so we're going to extend. Which is interesting. Uh, Botas in fourth, pits. Uh, Ricardo, finally, who had inherited first place, pits on lap 30 and rejoins third behind Hamilton uh, in second and uh, Perez in fourth. But really, it's Vettel behind him because uh, Perez haven't, hasn't pitted in a really long time and pits a lap later. So, it is. Uh, Verstappen out in front, followed by Hamilton, uh, followed by Ricardo, and then Sebastian Vettel in fourth place. Crazy. Uh, lap 30, apparently Signs had some problems after that incident uh, and has to retire, says no engine. Uh, lap 31, we get two good scraps at the same time. Magnussen and Alonso for 13th place and uh, Ocon on Massa for 9th. Uh, and also uh, a shot of Ricardo dragging some piece of his floor, making lots of sparks. But uh, they actually talked to Christian Horner during the race. Um, and he says, eh, yeah, not a big deal. Although, <laughs> team principal, I don't know that he would say it was a big deal if it was. Uh, <laughs> this, again, a lot of, lot of good radio here. Um, and uh, Alonzo does not disappoint. Lap 33, uh alonzo is coming up on magnuson down the start finish straight to turn one and there are quite a few moves from magnuson uh you may recall that you are allowed one defensive move and then may regain the uh the the line uh through the turn but you can't move twice to defend so magnuson moves a lot but alonzo does make it down the inside of turn one anyway uh, and they touch wheels actually at turn two, um, and Alonso makes it uh, makes his point very clear by going like ridiculously wide at turn two uh, to kind of say, "Hey, no." Um, and yeah, Magnuson has to kind of dodge out of the way, but yeah, Alonso comes over the radio and says, "What an idiot! Ha ha! Hulkenberg is right." <laughs> oh boy. The salt 
flying in the air in Malaysia. Uh, lap 35, Gasly is actually up on Magnuson now for 14th. And I have here in my notes, be careful, Pierre. Uh, lap 38, uh, Palmer spins, and now Magnuson is hounding him. Um, but Verstappen is right behind them both. Verstappen backs way off uh, as they go around turn 15 uh, because they are two complete wild cards. Uh, they lead Verstappen, or um, they let Verstappen by, sorry, uh, on the straight, but Magnussen goes for the outside of Palmer at turn one, and they touch, and Palmer spins again. Uh, Gasly also gets by Palmer for 14th. I think after the race, Palmer uh, blamed a tailwind for that, which, blame the wind? I don't know. I never, I've never driven a Formula One car. Maybe the wind will totally get you, but I don't know. Palmer, not looking, not, I mean, he, he doesn't really have a drive, uh, <laughs> yet for next year. So, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I don't like to see anyone lose their seat, but come on, man, the wind, um, <laughs> lap 40 Vettel, uh, in fourth place, lapping a second faster than Ricardo, who's ahead of him, uh, and is currently seven seconds behind him with, let's see, uh, about 14 laps to go. So, uh, this is going to come down to it. And he is actually 13 seconds behind Hamilton, who's in second with, uh, yeah, with 16 laps to go. So, uh, Hulkenberg apparently having some problems. He's in 11th place and his engineer says, quote, stopping is not an option. We we're going to have to make it on these tires, uh, which is <laughs> probably not great to hear as a driver. Uh, lap 47, Vettel is now in DRS range to Ricardo. That was fast. Ricardo gets by uh, Alonso on lap 38, who's a backmarker, uh, at turn one. But interestingly, Alonso does not let Vettel through in, in the same move. <laughs> to which Vettel, over the radio, says, Hey, what? Come on, Alonso. I thought you were better than that. <laughs> uh, lap 49, tricky moves by Ricardo. Uh, Alonso does uh, let him by a, a few turns later. But uh, there are some tricky moves by L Ricardo a lap later, defending into turn one and manages to keep Vettel behind for now. Uh, it's actually a, a really good uh, defensive move and uh, buys Ricardo another lap to uh, to gain on Ocon, who's uh, another backmarker, and gets some, some DRS. Uh, lap 50, Ricardo and Vettel both get by Ocon with ease, but I think that was Vettel's last chance. His tires were, uh, I think, kind of going off there. Uh, by that time, so uh, he had one chance to lunge and uh, and go for third place, but Ricardo manages to keep it, ekes out time uh, to Vettel, negating his DRS by lap 52. Um, lap 54, Magnussen locking up a turn 15, and uh, Pierre Gasly right behind him looking racy. Grosjean's got newer tires, though, and gets Gasly at turn one, but uh, Gas doesn't make it easy. So, um, I don't know. Fun, fun to see Pierre Gasly looking like a real racer, making moves and not just rolling over and letting people pass him. But that is the last bit of excitement because we finish the Malaysian Grand Prix with Verstappen out front. A win for Max Verstappen. One that did not come as a result of two Mercedeses crashing into each other uh, in Spain. Uh, this one was on merit, and his engineer even says so. So, uh, way to go, Max. Uh, in first place. Hamilton in second. Uh, Ricardo's in third, followed by Fettel, Botas, uh, keeping that fifth spot. Um, 
yeah, battle <laughs> from from twentieth place to fourth, uh, and even challenging for third. Botas in fifth, Perez, Van Dorn uh, keeping that seventh place. Stroll, Massa, and Ocon rounding out the top ten. Alonso just out of the points in eleventh, followed by Magnussen, Grosjean, Gasly in his first career start, making up a place. Way to go! Palmer in fifteenth, followed by Hulkenberg, Verline, and Ericsson. So. Uh, Hamilton actually gives Max a hand, uh, clapping from his cockpit as, as we go around, uh, the, the cool down lap. And speaking of the cool down lap, the camera suddenly cuts, cuts to Sebastian Vettel and one of his rear tires is flopped up on top of his car, uh, which it, it took them actually a while to find out what happened, but, um, we get a radio message that says, uh, Stroll is not even looking where he's going. He just shunted into my car. And then Stroll says, Vettel just ran to the side of me. So another one of these moves. Um, so it, from the replay, it looks like the... So Vettel's coming from behind Stroll on turn... I think it's turn 15, uh, which is, again, that long hairpin. And what the cars do after the race, as many of you probably know, is that they uh, they go off of the racing line to pick up uh, the marbles um, that are, you know, the bits of rubber that come off of the tires. And they do this so that their car makes weight, basically, because they weigh all the cars uh, after the race to make sure that they weren't too light because there are minimum weights for everybody. So they just, they want to make sure that their car, you know, I don't, I don't know that, um, you know, there's like rampant funny business going on with the weights or anything. They just want to make sure that their car, uh, makes weight. So that's why they go over the marbles. So, uh, Vettel's on the outside behind stroll and, uh, is picking up marbles, but, decides to sling or to to go around stroll um even though everyone's on their cooldown lap stroll doesn't know that vettel is trying to pass him and kind of drifts out to get more marbles himself and thus collides with sebastian vettel so um both of them were cleared of any wrongdoing uh they each blamed each other i don't know i i, I don't know why you're you're trying to pass people on the cooldown lap um, especially ones that, you know, you, <laughs> you don't really know what they're, what they're going to do, but, uh, what do I know? I'm just a podcaster. Uh, Vettel though, hops a lift on Verline's car, which is always fun to see. He, uh, he does the send a thing and, and rides his car, uh, back to the pit. And then we get some, uh, some shots, uh, of the, the green room. Everyone's sitting in these weird little chairs, um, and they also get to the interview, uh, Joss Verstappen, who's standing around in the crowd waiting for, uh, for Max to come out on the podium, um, and says Red Bull is doing an amazing job with the car. So maybe everybody's, maybe everybody cool, uh, over with, uh, in the Verstappen camp with Red Bull. Um, and we get a, <laughs> we get a new anthem after a lot of, uh, the British national anthem and the, uh, German national anthem. We get, uh, the Dutch national anthem, which to me sounded like the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know. Um, Christian Horner found a box to stand on. Uh, Ricardo slams the champagne on the ground to pop it off, which was fun. Um, and I also thought it was funny that uh, everyone on the podium was absolutely gassed. Apparently, this is one of the uh, the most draining 
races of the year. And Max and Lewis are like sitting down between Mark Webber interviews because they're just so exhausted. Uh, but that was the Malaysian Grand Prix. So let's take it to some points, shall we? Hamilton on top, eking out some more points to Sebastian Vettel. Um, Hamilton's got 281. Fettel's got 247. Botas with 222. Ricardo 177. Raikkonen 138 in fifth place. Verstappen's got 93. Boy, jumping a lot with uh, with that win. Perez has 76. Uh, Ocon has 57. Signs with 48. Hulkenberg in 10th with 34. Massa's got 33. Stroll 32. That's a good teammate battle. Uh, Grosjean with 26, Van Dorn with 13, Magnussen has 11, Alonso's got 10, Palmer with 8, Verline with 5, Kvyat with 4, Ericsson, Antonio Giovinazzi, Pierre Gasly, Jensen Button, uh, Paul DeResta, all those guys have zero. Constructors, Mercedes, a commanding 503 points, followed by Ferrari with 385, Red Bull's got 270 Force India's got 133. Williams has 65. Toro Rosso has 52. Uh, Renault's got 42. Gina's and team have 37. Uh, McLaren Honda with 23. And Sauber with 5. So, um, some other post-race news. It, it came out, <laughs> speaking of this race being uh, a really difficult one, Sergio Perez had a stomach infection? Uh, which probably made that race very much harder than it needed to be. Um, <clears throat> and along those lines, Pierre Gasly completed the Malaysian GP without a drink of water because apparently his uh, his thing weren't working. So <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Um, let's see. You'd think they would be able to manage a simple bag of water and a straw. But that seems to happen all the time. Uh, Fettel also, fortunately, will not need a gearbox replacement uh, as a result of that contact with Stroll. Um, So he will not incur a five-place grid penalty for a changed gearbox. Uh, Both of them, as I said, were cleared of any wrongdoing, so they will also not, uh, you know, incur any penalties for that. Uh, And that's all I've got for Malaysia. What do you say we just skip right on across the water to Japan and the Suzuka circuit located in Inno, Suzuka City, Mie Prefecture, Japan. Uh, F1 has been there since 1987, though in 2007 and 2008, uh, the Japanese Grand Prix was raced at Fuji Speedway. Um, drivers apparently love this circuit and, uh, Sebastian Vettel says uh, it is his favorite, which makes sense because he's won it the most times of any current driver, uh, four times to Hamilton's two. Uh, And it is also where he won the 2011 championship. Uh, It also has a lot of diehard fans, which is fun. A lot of hats that are that are cars. (laughs) If you've never seen them, you'll you'll see what I mean. Um, But the track itself has 18 corners. Uh, a number of them consider high-speed corners uh, and very few straights, uh, which means that if you get out of shape early uh, in a set of corners, it can cascade into slow times very easily. So it's tricky. Uh, it's also a figure-eight track that passes over itself, uh, which is cool. 
So uh, we start with a long downhill run into turn one, which is a right-hander, which leads directly into another right at turn two. They're not sharp turns, so they're taken at a pretty high speed. Uh, then you hit the S's, which is a series of four back-and-forth turns that go up and over a hill, culminating in a long left-hander called Dumlop uh, Curve that the drivers try to take flat out. Then it's two downhill right-handers and onto a straight where the pass... Uh, the track passes underneath itself. So there's a little bridge over the top. It's kind of hard to see if you're not looking for it. Um, it's usually emblazoned with like, you know, Rolex or Heineken or something. Uh, then we've got a kink to the right that leads into a left hairpin, uh, which you've really got to nail because you then have a right hand sweeper after that that leads into spoon corner, which is an off camber left hander. That's super tricky. Uh, again, off camber means that the interior of the turn is higher in elevation than uh, the outside of the turn. So you don't get that nice NASCAR bank. It means the opposite. So you're actually tilting away from the apex. Uh, from there, it's a long straight over that figure eight crossing, which uh, in the, uh, the video I was watching, David Coulthard explained that there's a, uh, a little ripple in the tarmac as a result of the bridge. So watch out for that. Uh, and into a turn called, and I love this turn, it's called 130R, which I think uh, th the running joke with Danny and I is that it sounds like a mech or something. Um, but this is a, it's a, it's a left-hander taken at tremendous speed and then leads you right into a chicane where uh, there have been a lot of coming togethers, most notably Prost and Senna, where they famously crashed. Uh, and then downhill some more into a right-hander that leads onto the start-finish straight. So... A lot of stuff going on really tricky it's a driver's circuit uh, there's also uh often a lot of wetness here it's a it's a cooler track than malaysia um, and fewer long low speed corners so that means mercedes may have the advantage here uh, but according to f1 fanatic fettel has had four pole positions four wins uh and a seven race run of podium finishes that was halted only last year when he came in fourth Hamilton has never been on pole at Suzuka, but has won twice at the track. Ferrari has not won here since 2004 with Schumacher. So I'm guessing all that Vettel stuff came from when he was in Red Bull. Uh, last year, Rosberg won after Hamilton had a bad uh, start, uh, slipping to eighth, but fighting back to third. Uh, Verstappen got second and Vettel got fourth. So with five races to go... Um, Fettel's really got to pull something out uh, to uh, to win the championship. Hamilton, Hamilton can now finish in second in uh, all the remaining races and still win the championship. But no one expects Kimi Raikkonen. He may be now mathematically out of the championship race, but his teammates to Sebastian Fettel. So who can say if uh, Raikkonen will help him out? Uh, weather forecast, as I said, it could be rainy. Uh, but the weather does not, it looks humid, but, uh, not a lot of precipitation is forecast. Uh, look to be around 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 27 degrees Celsius on qualifying day. Race day a little warmer, but, uh, partly cloudy on both days. So who knows? I know weatherman. Not that that would make it any more accurate. Uh, tires, we got medium, soft, and super soft, same as um, uh, Malaysia. And we're kind of all over the place. I think the most aggressive here 
is McLaren with uh, one set of mediums, two sets of soft, and the rest are super softs. Uh, Mercedes is kind of uh, uh, going pretty balanced here. Hamilton has one medium, uh, five softs, and then uh, seven super softs. And let's see, Red Bull's got three softs and the rest super softs. Uh, and everybody else looks to be balanced. Force India's got three and three of medium and soft, and then the rest super softs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not not a lot of bold moves except for McLaren. I think everyone kind of hedging their bets. Um, and and that I think is Japan. So uh, let's take it to some news here. We got a little bit going on, um, but the news, at least for American Formula One fans, is big because Formula One is moving from NBC Sports Network to ESPN next year. Huh. All right. Interesting statement for NBC Sports Network. Quote, Although we take great pride in having grown Formula One's visibility and viewership, (laughs) way to pat yourself on the back, since we became its exclusive U.S. media rights holder in 2013, this will be our last season with the series. In this case, we chose not to enter into a new agreement in which the rights holder itself competes with us and our distribution partners. We wish the new owners of F1 well. Wow. No uh, no love lost there, I guess. Uh, this from USA Today. NBC said through 14 races this year, the 2017 season has drawn an average of 548,000 viewers, uh, up 13% from the same point last year. Monaco on NBC averaged 1.444 million viewers, which stands as the second most watched F1 race for NBC Sports Group behind the 2014 Canadian Grand Prix on NBC, which averaged 1.488 million viewers. Uh, So, you know, that's good. Uh, I don't care who, uh, uh, who you are. More people watching Formula One is, is uh, a good thing in my opinion. Um, this from Jalopnik, a lot of a lot of people covering this. Uh, after the American company Liberty Media bought F1 for eight billion dollars in 2016, Forbes reported that its CEO Greg Maffei uh, called the more than three million dollar fee paid by NBC for an F1 tele- television deal a quote popcorn fart. That, in plain English, meant it was hardly worth the effort. He seemed also unhappy that a majority of races aired on NBC Sports Network rather than the main NBC channel. That's honestly my beef. Uh, Well, I have another one as well Uh, with NBC Sports Network is that I have to jump through hoops, which I guess just means paying more um, to get NBC Sports Network because it's not like ESPN and ESPN2, uh, which the races will be broadcast on. Uh, and ABC as well. Uh, they don't come with your basic package, so you gotta you gotta get, gotta get the weird one. Uh, ESPN sent Jalopnik the broadcast schedule, which has the Monaco Grand Prix, British Grand Prix, and Canadian Grand Prix listed as its three ESPN events. Um, the U.S. Grand Prix and Mexican Grand Prix will be ABC events, and all the others will be ESPN two. The Deuce. Uh, That's not there. I just added that for emphasis uh, and to recall the 90s. Uh, Sportsbusinessdaily.com also has this little tidbit. Neither side would comment on financials, but ESPN is not believed to be paying a rights fee for the programming and will rely on a world feed to carry the races. 
uh, NBC's, or I'm sorry, F1's talks with NBC, which had carried races on NBC Sports Network since 2013, apparently broke down over the length of the deal. NBC pushed F1 to sign a longer-term deal, but F1, which is trying to build up the league under new ownership, did not want its U.S. rights to be tied down in any kind of long-term deal, sources said. Which, I don't know, that sounds promising to me, someone who wants uh, that subscription service, right? Um, so maybe they go to ESPN for a year and then maybe launch a little, maybe launch a little subscription thing. Who knows? Uh, interesting though, that ESPN is quote, not believed to be paying a rights fee for the programming and will rely on a world feed. I don't actually know what that means. I don't know if that just, if it's just business as usual, because NBC sports network also got a feed, uh, you know, the international feed that everyone gets. Or if this means that, like, ESPN will be rebroadcasting, um, like, Sky or Channel 4 uh, commentary, which would, which would be interesting. I like their commentary, uh, but if you do commercial breaks, uh, there will be no opportunity to, to recap uh, what has happened. So MotoGP works like this where uh, BN Sports has like commentators at a desk that like set up the race for you and then they quote throw it to uh, the MotoGP guys who are the same as if you, uh, you know, watch it on the MotoGP app uh, and then they call the race and then they throw it back to the studio. Uh, so I could see that being a, a, a way to go, but you would still have commercials presumably because that's the way that you know, ESPN and ABC do their IndyCar coverage. So, you know, why not? I, I wouldn't expect it to, uh, to be any different with, uh, with F1. But I, I think the biggest failure of NBC sports network, uh, for me is their handling of commercials, which I, I know it's not a subscription service, nor is it subsidized by any government or anything. So NBC has to earn money somehow, but they have their own broadcast team. They've got those three talking heads up there. At least catch, catch us up on what we missed during the commercial break. Provide some value other than just a different commentary team. Because if, if we're going to have commercials here, at least make it as painless as possible. But no, they just like, there's just this chunk of race missing. It's like I drank too much and blacked out. Now I have this missing race uh, piece of, you know... Um, collection of laps that i just don't know what happened uh so i maybe i don't know maybe espn can can fix that uh any any change i think <laughs> at this point from nbc sports network is a good one um even though i you know i've uh, i like will buxton a lot um i i don't mind the rest of the commentators uh it's just it's just missing part of the race if you could somehow alleviate that uh or or make it easier to swallow uh that would be that would be all right with me espn uh one more piece of news here arguably as important one rio harianto to test formula e car at valencia so uh formula e is doing testing runs uh this week at the spanish track <clears throat> at valencia and uh one driver will be rio harianto who uh, <laughs> uh listeners of alt f1 will recall we were big fans of because uh he was 
I suppose you could call him a Maldonado replacement. That's what he was. Yeah. Which is maybe mean for us, but, uh, you know, we need our, we need our heroes. Uh, let's take it around the world, shall we? Speaking of other racing series is going on. Uh, we've got the World Rally Championship at uh, Rally Catalonia uh, in uh, Salo, Salau, Salo, Spain. Uh, stay safe out there, guys. Uh, IMSA WeatherTech Championship uh, is at Road Atlanta in Brasselton, Georgia, for the Petit Le Mans, which is French for the Petit Le Mans. Uh, Formula 2 is not supporting Formula 1 in Japan, strangely. They will be in Jerez in Spain, uh, in Cadiz, Spain, um, for their 10th and 11th races. I'm sorry, no, their round 10 races, their feature and spin races. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Australian Supercars at uh, Bathurst for, oh my god. Is it really the Bathurst 1000 already? I'm going to double check this. Yeah, it totally is. Wow, the Bathurst 1000 is this weekend. Uh, boy, if you want to watch a lot of racing, watch the Bathurst 1000. I watched the entire thing uh, in chunks last year, and I thought it was great. Although, you know, I've, I've uh, got a certain number of hours of watching supercars under my belt. I don't know if it would necessarily be any more interesting to someone who was just tuning in, but it is a thousand mile race, uh, at a really cool track. I, I love Bathurst. It's, it's actually one of my favorite ones to, to play in racing games as well. It goes up this huge hill, um, has a lot of corkscrewy turns and then this gigantic straight that culminates in a, in a right or a, yeah, a right angle turn. Um, really a cool track. Uh, and I, I like supercars. Um, they are, they look like stock cars, um, and uh, they're built like they're built like stock cars. So there's a lot of a lot of bumping and grinding, a lot of rubbing is racing out there in New South Wales. So that's this weekend, along with Super GT at uh, the Chang International Circuit in Thailand. Uh, they're round seven, three hundred kilometer race, another big one. Um, and that's it, except for NASCAR. NASCAR is at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina for the Bank of America 500. A lot of long races this weekend. Take it to the bank and cash it. F1. Free Practice 1 is uh, Thursday, October 5th at 6 p.m. Uh, second Practice, uh, same day at uh, 10 p.m. These are Pacific Times. Uh, third Practice is Friday, October 6th at 8 p.m., followed by qualifying at 11 p.m., again on Friday. Uh, but the race is Saturday starting at 10 p.m. Japan just throws everything for a loop. Um, hey, we're on Twitter. 
Follow uh, at Shift F1 Podcast for any show updates and uh, any fun F1 stuff we run across. I am at Drew Scanlon. Danny O'Dwyer is Danny O'Dwyer. Uh, Shoutouts this week go to EC, a.k.a. Ed, uh, at Eduardo Paulo, um, who uh, sends us this uh, picture with the caption, Never has a picture summed up, summed up a person's character better than this selfie by Ricardo. Uh, and it is a fantastic selfie on board what appears to be uh, either a train or a private jet. Ricardo smiling, of course, in the foreground and in the background, uh, asleep with his neck uh, craned in an odd angle, as everyone is when they're asleep on public transportation. Max Verstappen. Really embarrassing photo. Way to go, Ricardo. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Nick Bell, a.k.a. at Nick G.E. Bell, uh, for this uh, very helpful video um that he says uh explains dirty air so this is a a video from um i believe it's autosport.com where uh it's described how the wake is created um uh when one car is behind another and and how much downforce they lose i I thought that was really interesting The, the upshot is that like the the car in front, if the car in front has 100% of downforce, the car right behind them in their wake, um, and again, I think it's depending on how close it is, but if it's like one car length behind, they have 25% of the downforce, which makes things really interesting when you uh, either want to pop out from that uh, wake or go into a turn. So um, a lot of implications there. Again, it's just every every little piece of this that I can uh, uncover that's like the the part of formula one that I am, you know, hitherto unknown to, uh, is, is always awesome. So I, I love stuff like that. I will post that and that picture of, uh, uh, Ricardo and uh, a few other YouTube links, uh, upon sh- our show notes at F1 cool, along with how to subscribe via RSS, iTunes, Google play, and wherever podcasts are sold until next time. I am Drew Scanlon. Danny O'Dwyer is Danny O'Dwyer. Dave Lang is Dave Lang. If you'd like to support shift F1, uh, indirectly, I guess. Uh, Danny and I are both on Patreon. I am uh, patreon.com slash clothmap. Danny is uh, patreon.com slash Danny O'Dwyer. Have a good race week, everyone. We will see you all next week. Next week.